What up, guys? Today I have the viral sensation on TikTok, Tinks herself. Now, guys, if you don't know who Tinks is, she went viral by doing these dating videos where she was so honest about the people she dated and what she was learning from them. She's featured on the Forbes Top Creator list for 2022, featured in Fashionista, Glamour, and the New York Post. Now, Tinks embodies the modern day badass woman who knows exactly what she wants, how to go on a date, how to let a guy go, and also how to find dignity and lead with confidence in any situation that she goes out and meets a partner. On today's episode, we go deep on how to actually find true love, how to navigate dating, why women date like venture capitalists, and how this is actually setting us up for another dating disaster. Guys, she's got so many incredible tips and theories. And before we dive in to my girl Tinks, I just want to say if this episode brought you value, if this podcast, Women of Impact, brings you value, please, please do share it with a homie. Let your friends know in order for us to create global impact, we've got to do it together. So my homie, send this to a friend, like, subscribe. And now let's dive in with the expert herself, Tinks, on how we can date spot ghosting spot the breadcrumbing spot the love bombing and here we go when men meet women in a romantic setting he will put her into one of three boxes he wants to date her he wants to sleep with her or he wants nothing to do with her where women get really confused is the amount of female friends that i have that have given up on dating yeah like not even just like "Ah, i'm not sure they've given up yeah And so I really want to talk about today how on earth we've gotten there, what we can do, what are the things that we're getting trapped in and then unwinding it and so that we can actually um, empower people to actually start dating. Because I think we can all agree that finding somebody when they're right for you can be beautiful. So take me through box theory. So box theory is my theory that when men meet women in a romantic setting, so that means a date or, you know, meeting on a dating app or something like that or a blind date, um, he will put her into one of three boxes. He wants to date her, he wants to sleep with her, or he wants nothing to do with her. Okay, if it's the third box, easy peasy, like, everyone should be clear on that one. Where women get really confused is if they're in between the date box and the hookup box. If a guy, if you're in the date box, you can act almost any way you want and he will still want to date you so if he's decided like i want to date this girl seriously you can get drunk on the first date you can sleep with him on the first date you can puke on his shoes he will not care because he's already made that decision if you're in the hookup box uh, on the i mean vice versa he has already made the decision that he doesn't want to date you seriously you could act like a nun you could act like a chase like you know not have sex with him for for months you could talk about how much you love dogs and your family it's still not going to change his mind and then people say well tanks you're putting all the power into the guy's hands and i say you're looking at it the wrong way mm-hmm. it's actually about knowing where you stand and what could be more powerful than knowing where you stand i also really advise against um, trying to manipulate your way into getting someone to date you. So, for example, a lot of the times one of my, you know, uh, people who follow me on social media will write to me and say, I, I'm dating this guy. Like I've been dating this guy casually for like four months. Like why won't he be my boyfriend? Do you think it's because I slept with him? And I'm like, you're in the hookup box. And why would you want to manipulate someone into dating you? Like you should want someone who's like that one. Like it's, it's clear for me. So I think that 
You should know where you stand. You should sleep with men when you want to because that's the most powerful choice at all. You shouldn't withhold sex because you think it's going to manipulate them into wanting to date you. You should know where you stand and do what you want. That's amazing. Why do people think though that's putting power in their hands? What's because the fear? I think that they think I'm saying, well, the guy decides if you're going to date or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, on, uh, that's exactly what I'm trying to say to do, to not to do with my book. It's like, you decide, like, do I even like this guy? I think women get so trapped in this idea of like, does he like me? Does he like me? Am I, does he want me to be his girlfriend? Never once thinking like, well, wait, do I want him to be my boyfriend? Like, does he make me feel amazing? Does he make me feel, feel funny? Like, do I think he's good enough for me? Like they, again, it's because of scarcity mindset. It's not anybody's fault. We're told like that there's limited good guys and that, you know, we're, our looks are a depreciating asset and all of this stuff fed this from when we're little. So it's no wonder that we are in some senses, and I'm speaking from personal experience, desperate to just get a boyfriend. Or thinking through, okay, if I do this, then I think I'm going to get him. And then when you do it, because you think yeah. that you're, he's going to put you in the, in the love box, right? Or the, the, the relationship box. And then I think then if you get surprised by the fact that you weren't in that box, now I think a lot of us, we beat ourselves up. Yeah, we take everything. We take dating. I mean, obviously, we take dating personally. It does feel like people are, you know, judging you. But oftentimes, in in the early stages, you know, the per- the other person doesn't know you that well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you go on three random dates with someone, and then they ghost you. Does it sting? Absolutely. But are they actually making a judgment on your character? No, they don't really know you. They don't know you like your friends and your family do. They are just, they're just didn't get the vibe and they don't have good manners. Like that's all ghosting <laughs> is. And when you've got, I think, your own insecurities, if you've mm-hmm. been let down in the past, if you don't feel great about yourself, when you put yourself out there and you maybe mistake the box that you're in, mm-hmm. it can really be detrimental, even worse to your self-esteem. For sure. You can get, I think the worst place to be is in the hookup box and be delusional, which I've been so many times. It's like, I call it hookup box delusion. Like you're clearly in the hookup box. Like he does not text you consistently. He doesn't remember things about your life. He doesn't ask you questions. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care to see you except for on the weekends. He makes last minute plans. He doesn't respect your time. But you think like if you just hold on for one more week, he's going to flip all of a sudden turn around and be like, you know what? Now, now I'm going to date you. Like, no, that's, that's not romantic. Like I always say, do you want to be telling your grandkids like, yeah, and after a year of stringing me along, your grandpa finally like let in and just he was tired and I, then then I got him. Like that's not what anyone should uh, receive. That's that's not like the bare minimum is not enough for anyone and that's why it's so important for everybody but especially women to have good self-esteem because then you don't do that. Mm, yeah, so true. And I'm always thinking about what holds people back from trying again, right? Where we started from the people just giving up that yeah. isn't a solution yeah so i really like the box theory because i'm so tactical because i can get in my own head with my own emotions and yeah. i think a lot of us women can yeah. so having tactics like this almost going on the first day and going okay tink's taught me that there's multiple boxes after the first day maybe assessing which box like in fact i'd love you to hear you which yeah. box do i think they've put me in Is yeah that a good that's a great way to, that's a great way to think about it. And I mean, it's really, really simple, right? Because to me, if a guy texts you the next morning, he's like, Hey, I had a great time. Are you free Thursday? I would love to take you out again. That's a good sign. You know, it's not a surefire sign that you're in the date box, but it's looking pretty good. If he waits for three days to text you, 
you're probably not in the date box and that's okay. Then it's up to you to decide, am I okay with dating this person casually or am I looking for something more serious and this doesn't suit me? You have the power if you know where you stand. I love that. And now talk to me about the um, the box theory for women towards men. Reverse box reverse, theory. Yeah. Okay, so reverse box theory is my theory that, well, it happens to, again, this is all from personal experience. Women prematurely put men in the date box. So they'll be on a dating app. They'll see a guy. They'll match. They will plan to go on a date before they have even gone on a date with this guy, seen what he looks like, smelled him, heard his laugh, blah, blah, blah. They have decided that he is going to be their husband. And they put him on a pedestal. They stalk his Instagram. Oh, he has one picture with a dog. He likes animals. Like, this is amazing. He's basically Jane Goodall. This is fantastic. Oh, my God. He has a picture with his family. He's tight with his family. Oh, my God. This is, you know, the man of your dreams. I'm planning the wedding. And why that is detrimental is because, again, it puts him on a pedestal. So you walk into the date super nervous, having constructed a personality for this person who you have never met before. Uh, You feel like... You're in a job interview, basically, mm-hmm. which is not what a date is. And it causes you to kind of go blind and not really think about how the other person is making you feel because you've already decided in your head you are desperate for this person to be your boyfriend, even though he's giving you nothing apart from a virtual match on an app. Mm. And I believe that for women, they um, men can bounce from box to box? A hundred percent. See, I've had so many instances where you know, my friends will sit down at lunch and say, I'm never going on another another date with that guy. And six months later, they're head over heels in love. And that's just, I look, I believe men and women date differently and we think differently about this stuff. And I think that that's an amazing thing, that, be- that beautiful thing that women can change their minds and evolve and grow and like guys can evolve for them. And it certainly happened to me, but the same just isn't true for guys. Yeah, because as I was thinking, because I've heard your, you tell your story about how, um, I believe it was during during COVID, one of your best male friends, you were like yeah. starting to see him in a different light. Yeah. And I really do think about what happened, um, obviously COVID being a slightly sit- different situation, but I think that there's the safety, right? So when you have a male friend, you can trust them more. And yeah. women really, I think, do need trust to orgasm. Women need trust yeah. to be honest and vulnerable and give yeah. over, especially if they've had a, ba- a, a bad past experience. Yeah. So almost like I can understand why the women do it, but it is fascinating that we all, and, and I'm just going to speak for myself, actually, I always project, right? So I'm like, oh, they must feel the same. Right, So right. when you have a male friend, sometimes yeah. I think you can think the same is going to happen. Totally. I mean, I think we've all had, you know, men and women, it, it's a, such an interesting question. Like, can they be friends? Like, just platonic friends. I think that someone always has, like, a little bit of a crush in a male-female mm-hmm. friendship. Um, and that's definitely what happened for me. I mean, it was COVID. I was isolating alone. And I just started hanging out with my best guy friend a lot more. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, like, you're looking kind of good. Like, we should, you know, start hooking up. And, um, you know, things got complicated, but happy that we got through it. The full story is in the book, so you'll have to read yeah, to hear all buddy. the details. But you can survive sleeping with your best friend and uh, still be friends afterwards. Nice. That's good to know. All right, homie, I love how freaking tactical you get in your book. So I want to get super tactical because, again, we Let's could do it. Like, I really want people at home, once they leave this interview, yeah. to say, oh, my God. I want to date again. Let's do it. So, okay, where I get, I just, I've been like asking all my friends, where do you get tripped up? What holds you back? Mm -hmm. And let's just start from the beginning. So you said, okay, number one, be funny. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm, I think that that's referring to like dating app messages or if you're going to DM someone like, 
don't DM someone and just be like, I don't know, something dry, like, oh my God, I've never done this before. Like, ah, like, I think you're kind of cute, whatever. Just like, I think you got to be short, witty, funny, but I'm all about the DM slide. Like it's worked for me in the past. So so what's the DM slide? I think you could totally hit on someone in the DM. I think it's, it's cute to be like short and sweet and try to find a joke. Like recently I've been enjoying, if you match with someone on a dating app, I think it's kind of fun to then go DM them. I don't feel like dating apps are that sexy sometimes. So it's like, if you match with someone, you think that they're really cute. It's fun to go DM them and be like, are you here? Like, I don't know. It's fun. That's so cute. So, okay. So let's even just take that. Depending on who it is, how do you know? I mean, I guess you don't necessarily know how they're going to perceive it because everybody lives in their own world. Everyone has like their own frame of reference, right? So while something like that, you're like, oh, that's really cute. And someone else may perceive it as like, wow, they've come over here. Yeah. And I think growing up is realizing that if someone doesn't receive your message in the way that you intended it like they probably Mm. aren't for you and that's okay right like it's happened to me a bunch of times like you know someone doesn't get my humor or they you know they just don't get it and it's like then they were never going to be my person anyway Mm. like if you don't like sarcasm we're never going to be together and that's okay whereas in my younger years I definitely would have like taken it so personally and beat myself up being like why didn't I send a different message it's like who cares you that was you have to honor your past choices and like where you were in that moment and if that's what you felt like writing and it didn't land that's okay like what's meant for you doesn't miss you i love that okay so you say uh, be funny don't say just yes that's true for all women in all areas of life but we need to take out the word just from our vocabulary like i just wanted to check in i'm checking in about the document you owe me or whatever you know or I'm just feeling a little, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling annoyed because you haven't texted me since Friday. Whatever it is, like, take out the word just. It makes it so, so much stronger. Yeah. Um, All right. So now I want to talk about the ick list. Yes. So the ick list is a little tool that I've developed when I'm in the early stages of dating someone. You know, women get icks. And an ick is like a feeling of cringe um, that you get, it's could be something like he bend over, he bends over and you see his bum crack and you're just like, I got the ick or he holds his fork really weirdly. You get the ick. It's not, it's not a red flag, really big difference. It's not like a major personality flaw. It's something small that the guy does. And you're just kind of like, Ooh, like that turned me off a little bit. Write it down in your phone. Keep a list. Some people think it's toxic. I don't, I don't really care. It's, I found it to be very helpful. And this is helpful for several reasons. First of all, if you feel yourself getting like, like what I call bajiggity, like, oh my God, obsessed with him. Like you can't, you're, you're overly like obsessed and like freaking out over it. You can read the list and it will cool you down. You can be like, I remember that, you know, he tripped that time and it was embarrassing. And like, I remember that and it cools me down. Secondly, if you ever do break up with them, you can read it and you can refresh yourself and be like, see, it's okay. It's just a very, helpful tool to like humanize them because I think myself included sometimes in the early stages of dating I'm like wow I get so over the top excited and just need to come back down to earth and I love that you just own that oh yeah you got to own your own your shit you just I need it sometimes so because I I future trip I get excited I like meet a guy and I'm creating fake scenarios in my head when really he's just like a human man like Mm. he's just another human being yeah. And we future trip because we just, we have a desire of, 
I want to maybe get married, mm-hmm. start a family. And so like, is this the person? Is yeah, that- exactly. We're just, we're rushing everything. We want to see, you know, if it, if that's the person. And, and like, look, the, the thing is, either they'll be your person, in which case, relax, enjoy, you found them, or they won't. But really all we have is now. And that's something that I've worked on a lot lately in therapy and in the past couple of years of my life is just like, we are only in the present. So it's okay to be excited about a guy. Like by all means, that is the best feeling in the world, but you have to drop into like, we'll see mentality and just be like, I'm excited, but we'll see. The we'll see mentality. I mm-hmm. like that. Okay. So let's talk about the people that I'm sure say that sounds really superficial. Now mm-hmm. you're judging them on something small. So let me give you a perfect scenario. I meet my husband. We go on a first date. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh my God, I, f- I future fake, right? Like, oh, right, he's this person. Right, 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 right. And I'd expect it because I was used to it and I was taught that a nice car, nice rims, stereo, yeah. all meant that the guy had a great job, he could right. provide, right? And so being Greek Orthodox, I was brought up to basically have the belief that that's what you should go for. Yeah. And so I meet my husband, we go on our first date and we put, and we pull up and he's got this really old man Buick, mm-hmm. like a rusty, broken down, mm-hmm. the door doesn't work. And then the, the back seat is all full of chock block of just like crap. Mm. And so in my head, I guess it's the Icarus, right? In my head, I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yeah. But then he opened the car door and I was like, oh my God, chivalry's alive. Like I'd, I'd right. never been on one date. Right. So where do you, if someone's listening, right, draw that line of this may hold you back from them realizing he's the guy that opens the car door. I think an ick is different than a judgment on someone's belongings. I'm going to be real with you on that. And like, you know, you owned it. You, I think that's amazing to be able to own your, your shit and whatever. But I think for me, an ick list isn't like, oh, he has a small apartment. It's like, it's like an ick, which is like tripping or like he's singing along to a song and gets the words wrong. Or he like had spinach in his teeth. It's like a, it's like a cringe. Like, I think that for me, I've always found that you've got to just reserve judgment with stuff and things because you know what it's just stuff and things at the end of the day and they're not like who a person is like I think it's definitely important to manifest like the type of person that you want but I don't think it's helpful when people are like oh I want a guy who's like has exactly brown hair and blue eyes and like is a doctor and Mm -hmm. like he's from this part of town and like has this and that and it's like well, I, you know, I don't know if that sort of specificity actually serves us. Yeah. I more think you should manifest and be like, I definitely want someone who's like obsessed with their family or I want someone who's really funny or I want someone who like, you know, makes me feel like this or that. Like that's kind of, I think, so important for us um, to focus on. Have you dated someone that's made an ick list on you that you know of? I don't know, but I'm sure I've I've given everyone I date the ick. I mean, I, I'm very like, I kind of like, like to be my most like raw version up front, you know, uh, because I think it's like, you got to throw guys in the deep end a little bit. At least that's what I like to do. I'm like, you're, I tell them all my bad stuff first because then it gets, yeah, get it, gets it out the way. So Is I'm, that because you don't necessarily want to waste any of your time where you're like, if he doesn't even know this about me, this is something that's so true. Like, what's the reason for that? If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel 
I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. It's, I, I don't know. I think it's like maybe it's a defense mechanism where I'm mm. like, I need them to know I'm crazy mm. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also I think... I think it's just more honest. I think, I think first dates, I, I have a really hard time with small talk. So mm. for example, for me, it's just easier if I open and I'm like, I want to talk about like black holes on the first date or like whatever. And if they don't go there with me or if they, if I ask some mm. weird question and they're just like, Oh, like I want to talk about like what your job is or like where you're from or something. I'm just like, this is not, it's not mm. imagined. That's okay. You know, it's just like you, you, should as much as possible bring your whole self to the date and just be upfront about it because then you'll know sooner. Mm. Like I sometimes think we play this, at least I know that when I was younger, I would present the best version of me on dates. And it's like I said before, it's not a job interview with cocktails. A, a date is like a vibe check. It's an energy check. So the more you can be your authentic self and see if that matches with their authentic self, the more information that you'll have. Mm. Yeah, I, I literally used to do the same. And now projecting, thinking back, I think it was because I had such low self-esteem. Yeah. I wanted to get the job, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and again, a lot of us do. A lot of us are like, like I when I was really young, I would like pretend I had one boyfriend in in college and I like fully pretended that I knew about basketball. Like I fully like <laughs> pretended I, he was like, do you want to go watch the game at the sports bar? And I was like, yes. And I like had my friends text me like what to say. I was like, great shot, you know, <laughs> great shot LeBron. And he was like, yeah, totally. And, um, so I, but that's also because this was like, I think my life is a Netflix movie and I like, like doing dumb shit like that. But You've, and now I'm just like, I'm so honest up front. I'm like, I, I'm a crazy cat lady. Like, I'm really moody. Like, I, I really throw them in. I like have them meet my friends. Like, it's on the second date. Like, I'm just mm. very like, this is the package and like, take it or leave it kind of thing. And this is a big part of the book is like, I'm really, really, really excited to fall in love. Like, I love being in love and I, and I can't wait to meet my partner. 
but I also am so immensely grateful for the life I have now. So I don't need to entertain anything that doesn't feel amazing. And that's a great place to be. And I want everyone who reads the book to get to that place of like, two things can be true at the same time. I think sometimes when people, you know, hear about dating advice about like, you know, filling up your own cup first, they're like, well, that person's never going to find anyone. That person's not excited to be, you know, married or whatever. That's not true. It's like practicing immense gratitude for this moment. Because like, what if I told anyone out there who's single, like in a year from now, you will be engaged to your dream partner. How would you act today? You would act happy, grateful, relaxed, spend extra time with your family and friends, soak it all in. That's how we should all act all the time. Mm. So that's just, yeah, how I, I do it. I love that. And actually I was thinking, cause I used to be, be the person, be, put on your best behavior, yes, like your yes. favorite outfit, look the most best you possibly can. And on the first date with my husband, he's like, so why do you believe in God? And, and I, I love like, that. I was like, wow, no one's ever asked me that I before. think that's dope. That's it, like my kind of date question yeah. too. And then the second one is like, oh no, I love porn. Do you watch porn? Yeah. And I was like, who is this man? No, totally. And it's just like, isn't that so, and see, you still remember it 22 years yeah. later because it's like, <laughs> I like what it, to me, it's like dating is kind of like podcasting. Like when you sit down mm. and the podcaster is like, how did you get started on TikTok? I'm like, oh Lord, here we fucking, mm. it's the same as if you sit down on a date and they're like, where are you from? And you're, uh, for me, that's hard. For yeah. some people, they like it. They like to warm up like that. For me, no, I'm like, go in, ask me about God, ask me about death, ask me about my family. Like, let's fucking go because that's, that's how you connect. Yeah. That's how I connect at mm. least. So if they're not wanting to go there, then it, I don't know, probably not a match. Yeah. And that was the moment where I was like, wow, this guy's actually really different. Like I've yeah. never been asked that. But, and yeah. he, he, and in fact, the second part to this is, he was genuinely in, genuinely interested he asked you questions in my answer. Totally. And he really wanted to know what you thought. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. Yeah. So, um, and so you then, were in his date box. Oh, I was that's, in his date box. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. although actually, so here, actually, let's go down this rabbit hole yeah. because I was, he just got out of a serious relationship mm -hmm. and he was like, Oh my God, amazing. She legally has to leave the country. Because I was only here on, a, on like a visa for like two months. Oh my God, yeah. So to him, actually, he's like, oh, I can just be myself. Right. Because even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter because she has to legally leave the country. So yeah. if this works out or not. So yeah. there was actually no pressure. Right. Going back to the job analogy. Mm. This wasn't a career right. interview. It mm. was like maybe a job for the evening. It was an internship. Um, yeah. And so in hindsight, now we look back and I ask him questions, but. It was very tricky because I was like, I didn't want to sleep with him on the first date because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be seen as a certain type of woman. Mm -hmm. Certain type of I thought. Yeah. Let me just preface. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. very young. I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So I didn't shave my legs because I was like, if I don't shave my legs, then I know I'm not going to sleep yeah. with him. Mm -hmm. And so I, almost, I had to come up with a strategy because I didn't necessarily t trust myself to be not swayed by his charisma. Right, 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 right. So you, did you sleep with him on the first? No, oh, but he I asked did. me to. Yeah. But so actually, as I'm where I'm going with this is you talk about fuckboys, mm -hmm. which I freaking love. I actually mm -hmm. have an amazing quote of yours. Oh, amazing. Once you trap a fuckboy, you have to take the beast home. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a wild animal in your house. And while you might feel like a momentary flash of pride, let me tell you, it will be short lived because how you get them is how you lose them. Never forget that. If you have to wrangle and trick and manipulate a fuckboy into your home, mm -hmm. that's exactly how he'll leave. Sneaking out the back door and leaving you bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's like a, lo a lot of us go through a phase of wanting the validation of trying to change someone again, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mentioned this before and it's like, 
why, like, you're not a mommy and you're not a therapist. So why are you trying to act like that with a fuck boy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so many women get caught in this trap of, like, they just feel like they're going to be the one to change him. And it's like, like, when you do that, you're elevating this guy to a higher status than you in your own life. Because you're saying, like, I'm going to put all my energy into chasing this guy who doesn't want to be caught. Again, like, that's not romantic. That's, like, exhausting and toxic. Mm-hmm. And maturing is realizing, like, it's cool to have someone like you back. And it's cool to have someone who puts an effort. And you don't get a prize. Like, if you if you finally trap a fuckboy into dating you, like, there's no, like, gold medal at the end. It's just, like then you have like an anxious relationship that's built on manipulation, mm. which is exhausting. How do you then start to identify? Because I don't think necessarily everybody realizes they've done that. I think it's like if you feel like you are genuinely chasing a guy or that you're trying to manipulate him or that there's games, I just like, I don't think that any solid relationship is based on any of those things. Like, I don't think anyone is like yeah we like played games with each other and tortured each other for six months and then we started dating Mm -hmm. and then we had a great relationship (laughs) like that's just of course there's exceptions to the rule but like are you the exception or are you going to be you know the rule Mm -hmm. and I just again I think that there's better uses of women's time honestly I wish that someone had told me when I was like in my 20s like he doesn't like you and like stop trying to chase him because you're literally just trying to validate yourself by doing that you don't even like him that much you just want the validation of being like i got him mm, yeah so true so how do you know i guess the small differences because i've heard you talk about soft ghosting yes so soft ghosting is when um a guy will just kind of like not text you back but like reach out a little bit and just you know maybe respond to your instagram story maybe send you a text here or there so it's not a full ghost but it's it's pretty much dead mm. versus a full ghost which is which is like zero contact yeah i think like you have to not be delusional you know when a guy likes you you can tell like he's texting you he wa- he's finding time to see you he's planning in advance like you know like we've all had a guy like us and conversely when you are wondering it usually means he doesn't like you like if you are wondering if you feel anxious when he's not texting you i always think that that's a great measure of like how this the strength of the connection is like if you feel literally anxious or nauseous when they're not texting you that's not a good sign like mm-hmm. every time i've started to date someone and they become my boyfriend i've been like i'm I'm not worried that they're gonna text me because i know they will because you know when someone likes you um look i my point of view is that there really is no such thing as a bad texter like if a guy likes you he will find a time to text you unless he's a mm-hmm. heart surgeon performing like you know a double tracheotomy whatever I don't know like or he's Barack Obama like he's just not that busy like he's Mm. not he just isn't texting you and I bet you Barack is still texting Michelle that's true actually he he is the busiest and and most amazing (laughs) in the world and he's definitely still texting Michelle so if he can do it your random like dude who's like 24 working in sales can like pick up the phone (laughs) that's so true it's like you know like we, we really do read into a lot. We dissect a lot. And I think ultimately, you know, a lot of what you say is like, you know, you know, you know, it's like we kid ourselves. And it's it's I always remind people of like, think back to when you were in love or when you were in a great relationship. Like, does what whatever dumb situation BS you're going through now, does that compare to that? And the answer is no. And that's OK. But like, 
you sitting there being like, well, he texted me last Thursday, so maybe, and it's like, think back to when you were in love and how it felt so secure and how you felt so seen and so noticed. And it's like, that's what you deserve. So if it's less than that, don't worry about it. It's just not it. Do you think women would still text guys even if they're not interested? It's tricky because sometimes women will string along a guy too, which is like, I mean, I'm, I'm not... I'm not, I mean, I do think women are perfect, but like we're not, you know, but um, I, yeah, look, I think, and I've done it too. Like I am happy to say this because I've done it myself where I'm like, I don't really like a guy that much, but per our conversation before, I think maybe it'll grow into me liking him more. Or maybe I just am like needing attention and validation, which like, that's not nice to use someone for that, but we've all been there and it. that's why it's so good to be self-aware and do the work. So you're like, is this just my ego enjoying being stroked and like having this guy take me out and like having someone to text? We've all been there. Mm -hmm. It's not like a war crime, but it's not the nicest thing to do. Again, I think you just have to be aware. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. It's like, again, I always want to make sure that I'm thinking both through both sides yeah, of it. Because yeah, 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 of course. And so I just thought I can't say, and I don't want to be gender specific again, but I, I almost, I can only speak for myself. I can't see my husband if when he was single worrying about his self-esteem on like, if she doesn't text me, it means something about me. Or if I want, I need attention because I don't feel good about myself. So my husband exactly. wouldn't text someone if he wasn't interested. Totally. But I can see where us women, me, myself, if I don't feel good about myself and I get rejected yeah. time and time again from a date, from guys, I was bullied as a kid from my look. So I did, I do have, I did have low self-esteem and someone shows me interest. Even yeah. if I'm not interested in, in them, I can actually, and it's not right. And I, I, I'm glad that you also said that, but I can see that I would actually text them as a way to stroke my ego and to feel better about myself. Totally. We've we've all been there. And look, again, it, I really don't think it's women's faults. Like from the time we're younger, we're, we're told that like, like our, our image is our whole self-worth mm -hmm. and like we need to be pretty and we need to look a certain way to be valid. And like the attention of men is what matters most in the world. So mm -hmm. it it follows that a lot of us sometimes slip into that because we're like, I'm not feeling good about myself. It does feel good that this person is paying me attention. Um, and that's why it's so important to work actively on your self-esteem and your confidence so that you don't need to do that. And you, if you don't have any boys texting you, you're like, you know what? I don't have any guys to text, but I have a lot of other great stuff going on and I'm pretty great. And that's all I need. Yeah. Because the reason why I ask is I do have a lot of guy friends who are single and they've yeah. given up on dating too. And the thing that I hear is that, Lisa, we don't know when we're getting used or not. Totally. I, you know what? I think we are really in a pair, we're in the midst of a paradigm shift with dating. I think yeah. that social media, I think that apps have made it very stressful, very complicated. Um, you know, we're talking about this need for validation both ways. And it's just made, been amplified so much by social media because, and phones, right? Because mm -hmm. when we have cell phones now, and basically what it means is like, we have access to each other 24 hours a day. And that has led us to believe that we need to be validated 24 hours mm. a day. Um, you know, either with likes on Instagram or TikTok, whether it's a guy texting us, we think it should be like constant. And that's really not true for our human brains, I think. And so, it, you know, it is, it, we're, we're in a complicated time. Yeah. Cause back in the day, if a guy really wanted to date you, he would either, either have to get a phone card, right. go into a phone box right. to call you. You had to be home in the hope to talk to you. I mean, I'm a bit old now. So that's like, um, but now, I mean, I've, you know, I've heard you say like, 
you could go on a date and he may not even be interested and you pick up your phone, but you've seen he's watched your stories. Right. And now you've made a story up in your head about him seeing your stories means that he's interested. Right. But, but it doesn't. Can... It, yeah, but it doesn't. Like when a guy watches your Instagram story, like he's probably on the toilet board. Like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like if you, if you want to see, if you want to see a girl, like you have to text her and like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it means he has a phone and he has eyes. Like, that's all it means. And I, but but it has caused a lot of confusion because it, it is confusing. It's like, okay, why isn't he texting me back? But he watched my story. And then you're like, have a shred of hope or whatever. And it's like, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. So would you then say it all depends on then the level of effort? Like uh, watching a story is super easy. You can do it on the toilet. yeah. I think, like, if someone likes you, they are trying to spend time with you. Like, mm-hmm. I think if a guy likes you, he will be arranging a time to see you, and he will ask multiple times. And if he he's not, if he's just saying, like, doing the bare minimum, like, responding to your story, or even if he's sending, some like, a low-ball text, like, even if he's like, what's your plan this weekend? Like, that's not active. That's passive. It, that means, like, if you're in my general vicinity when I'm drunk, maybe we'll hang out. Like, the text you want is, hey, what are your plans this weekend? I was thinking on Sunday we could go to that Thai restaurant that I mentioned to you and then go see a movie. How's 4 o'clock? Like, that's what everyone deserves. Mm. And if you think that what I just said is, like, asking for the moon of moon and stars, if you're thinking, like, oh, my God, a guy would never do that today, you need to adjust your self-worth because that's what everyone deserves. Like, it's really not that big a deal. They're just – when you plan ahead – when a guy asks you out in advance and, like – plan something like that he's saying like i respect your time and i want to spend time with you would you do that same text to a guy or would you wait for him to do that for you if we were already dating if we'd already gone on a bunch of dates i would absolutely do that what about after the first date i it depends it really depends i I mean i think that again i would see what he did you know mm. not not in a passive way but i would just i don't know i would see because it's like to me it's sexy when a guy takes the initiative and plans and i have a very dominant personality so you know i can sometimes bulldoze people plans everything but i think in the early stages of dating it should be the guy being like no oh, yeah i want to see you again how do you then communicate that because again i'm going to the things that everybody tells me behind mm-hmm. the scenes where women very much like you I'm the same I'm like no I want him to reach out I want him you know like a powerful woman but Mm -hmm. I still really want him to in essence take the lead Mm -hmm. there are guys now that are very worried or petrified about taking the lead because they've actually been pushed down by dominant women right and so now as a dominant woman you may see that as like oh He's not even bothering. But sometimes, actually, he's doing it because he's had a bad experience with another woman where she put him down for doing that. Yeah. I think it's all about, like, matching where you are. Like, if you want a guy who takes the initiative and he's not, for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter, you guys probably aren't a match right now. And timing is important, right? Um, So... I think it's all like personal preference. But for me, after I go on a great first date, like I want to text the next morning. That's like, that was a great date. When are we doing it again? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to send that text. So I love that. And so what's the difference then between someone showing the interest really like, you know, hitting you up time and time again and love bombing? 
Love bombing, an example of love bombing would be like on the first date being like, my mom is going to love you. Or like on the first date being like, well, when we get married or like, oh my God, like we are going to go to Bali together or something like that. Can like, someone offer you to buy you a house or Someone something? was like, I'm going to build you a house in Santa Barbara. And I was like, we haven't even met yet. You're te- we were texting. It was crazy. And I was like, this is love bombing. Like, and it, love bombing is hard because it, it makes you feel so good in the moment. You're like, they want to introduce me to their mom. Like, we're going to go to Bali together. And it's like, actions speak louder than words. So when you're being loved, it's not not always a bad thing. It can just mean that someone is very excited, but actions speak louder than words. Because I get a lot of messages and emails and calls from people in my community being like, but he said we were going to meet his mom. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I can say I'm a unicorn. That doesn't mean I'm a unicorn. Like, <laughs> You actions speak louder than words. So it's like, is he following through with plans? Is he planning a second date? Is he listening to the responses? Like actions always speak louder than words. Mm, I love that. How much do you communicate um, ahead of time of things? So um, where I'm going with this question is, girl, the amount of people that talk to me about Lisa, I don't know if I should pay for the first date. A man should pay for the first date. If it's too cis hat, uh, man, it's a man and a woman, cis hetero, then the man should be paying for the date. And so here's the thing. I'm of the same thing. And one of my close friends, she's a badass girl. She owns her own business, super independent. Mm-hmm. She goes out on a date with this guy and he's, um, you know, they eat dinner, goes very well. The waiter brings the bill mm-hmm. and he basically sits there and looks at her and she looks at him and they, he looks at her again. And she's like, no, no, I'm the type of woman where you pay. So she was very great communicating. And he literally was like, thank God. And she was surprised. And he goes, I just went on a date a week before. He went to pay because that's his belief as well. And the woman freaked the fuck out. And she was like, I can pay for my own bill. Now, here's the thing. If we can be so honest, it's really happening a lot these days. Mm. And I'm only because I'm not in the dating world. I can only speak for other people. But this is the thing that I, a lot of men are coming to me about and struggling with because they're saying, I really want to pay for the first date. But I don't know now if a woman's going to hate me and shout at me or just be aggressive or think I'm like belittling them mm. if I offer to pay. Yeah, I think that the man should always offer. And I, I, I don't know anecdotally on on my radio show and the messages I get, it's more the other side of things where men are not offering to pay and they're just saying like Venmoing for Mm. half and all that sort of bad stuff. And look, my point of view is until there is equal opportunity for women, until women are paid the same amount as men, until we have fair maternity leave in this country, until we have rights to our own bodies in all 50 states, until, you know, there's free period products in school and free contraception for girls. And there, we are properly educated about our bodies. Like, and until there is absolutely zero, uh, you know, beauty standards that women feel they have to adhere to. Um, I, I just am not interested. Like, I don't, I don't see the argument. Like, I think women are paid I think it's 82 or 87 cents on the dollar. That's white women. Black women get paid 63 cents on the dollar of every man. So I just like, I'm until everything is equal, I'm really not interested in having the conversation. And especially now with what's going on with women's 
reproductive rights. Like if you, if you can't pay, like, cause a lot of my followers are younger and like, they'll say, oh yeah, we went, you know, to have one drink. And it's like, if you can't even afford one shitty vodka soda for this girl, then you probably can't afford the $50 for the plan B or the flight that you'll need to go to a state where she can get a safe abortion if you guys have sex and you have an unwanted pregnancy. So I took it there. I went all the way. I don't care. You're, you're a guy. You're paying on the first date. Thank you. You just enlightened me on a lot of shit that I didn't even think through. So if we can take actually a lot of those things. Um, number one, guys Ven want women to Venmo them? Yeah, I've had, I have probably once a week on my radio show or, you know, I get emails or DMs. A girl will tell me a story of like, she goes on a date with a guy. I literally had it this week on my radio show. A guy was said, you want to come on this trip to Miami with, with me? Like I got the, this Airbnb, come stay with me. Like we'll go to dinner. She went, she, you know, was it, didn't really have that good a time. Didn't want to sleep with him. He took her to dinner and he was like, I got dinner. Like, oh my God, it made this big deal about it. She didn't sleep with him the whole weekend. And when, and when, um, they got back, he said, Hey, I'm going to Venmo you for half of the Airbnb and dinner. Okay. And the subtext is because you didn't sleep with me. And it's like, there is still that idea that that's how it works. And that's another reason why I just don't care. Like I, I, all men should be paying. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But there's, so let me play devil's advocate mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So there's a couple of guys that work for me. They're young mm-hmm. and they really want to find someone and they're mm-hmm. good guys. They're, I've seen them. They offer me the seat. There's such wonderful gentlemen. How I see, again, I'm old, but he's gentlemen. Offer me the seat. And they're so sweet, so mm-hmm. gracious. And they're coming to me saying, Lisa, I want to pay. But I'm so worried that the woman gets insulted by me offering to pay. I'm like, on the scale of things to be concerned about, guys being worried that they're going to offend women when they offer to pay for a date is like low on my scale of things to worry about. I'm like, you know what, you guys? You know what I worry about? Like walking to my car safely. Like I, w- us as women, we got a lot of worries. I think that guys can take take this burden of like, should we, should we not pay? Maybe all the fun was like, it's gonna be just yeah, just offer. If the if the you know one out of ten women gets offended, I think they can handle it. And to me, I feel very firmly on this issue. Yeah. No, I, again, and totally agree. I'm just trying to find out where we get tripped up. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where are the things where sometimes they don't even mean it, but totally. But we do. We end up speaking completely different languages. Of course. And then when I think about people speaking two different languages, like, I'm such a, like, let's come together. Let's try and figure yeah. this out, you know? Yeah. And so hearing that, I think, hopefully my, my team's listening, right? <laughs> um, but hopefully they can just adopt that because I've never really known what to say to them, right? Because I'm like, well, yeah, you should pay. Like, I think that's lovely. Yeah. And don't let maybe some a woman who has been scarred maybe that you know like almost like that may come from a wound it may come from somewhere else don't let them change who you are right exactly if you're you're a gentleman you want to take care of take care of women pay for women however you want to phrase it and it's it's hurting my soul that guys are now considering not doing it right right yeah i mean i think it's like look there's Everyone has a million weird date stories and there's always going to be like a mismatch of a person and whatever. And I, I would just say to all guys out there, like, it's nice to offer if you get an instance where a woman is really offended. You know, I think just be like, 
I'm sorry, I just wanted to take you out. Let's split it, no worries, or whatever, and mm. move on, you know? That's so true. It always seems very dramatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take a hard right, Let's and now I it. want to talk about something that you call manmorial service. Mm, yes, so holding a funeral. It- yes, yes. So this is where... Uh, maybe you've been seeing a guy casually, you know, this is not for a breakup. I want to be super clear. This is not for like a serious relationship or whatever. You've been seeing a guy casually, maybe a couple weeks, couple months, whatever. And you cannot, and he goes to you, he dumps you, whatever, and you cannot get over it. I say to hold a funeral because we waste so much time on people that we're not even dating. We spend so much time tripping ourselves up, being so upset about, you know, some guy that we saw for three weeks who wasn't that great. He goes us, he dumps us. We're undone by it. And it's like, why waste precious days, weeks, months of our lives tripping up about it? Um, so you hold a funeral. So what you're going to do is you're going to get yourself some flowers. You're going to get yourself a treat, maybe a, a great latte, a nice bottle of wine. You can even invite your friends over. You put on a sad song and you lay him to rest. <laughs> you pretend that he died. And you all lay him. You say, fly high. We'll miss you. Um, thank you for everything. See you on the other side, buddy. And you're only allowed to feel sad for that day. And then the next day you wake up and he's gone. It's just a little silly trick that I use. Sometimes I think, you know, we lose our goofiness as adults. And a lot of my tricks and tips in the books are a little bit goofy. They're a little bit mind trick because sometimes we need that to shake ourselves out of it and be like, okay, it's funny to be silly and you know, I didn't really date this guy for that long. Why am I going to pine over him? You know, mm-hmm. what's the thing that you felt was the silliest, but the most um, impactful? Probably the funeral thing. I mean, I will literally put on Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, <laughs> light a candle and be like, damn, Chris, peace out, homie. Like you were, that was a great two weeks. Like I'm not going to think about you anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's silly, but it works. And when you wake up the next day, like, do you really not think about him? I'm pretty strict with my mind tricks. Yeah. I think it's like we, you know, we control our brains and sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but you can train your brain. It's like, it's like a muscle. I love what you put in your book. Um, so in, in exiting a relationship or someone that you've been dating where, um, you talk about your barometers and you're like, we all think about like going on these trips and like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. And then you're, but you basically say like, no, no, who do you want to drive to CVS with? Yeah. I think it's like, so important. I mean, again, this happens a lot with future tripping where we'll be like, oh my God, like I'm imagining these amazing moments. And it's like, it's easy to have fun with someone when you're like at a, at a theme park, like, you know, drinking wine, like obviously that's fun, but it's like, who do you have fun with sitting on the couch with? Mm -hmm. Who do you have fun with doing errands with? I think that that's such a great barometer for if you really like someone, because you have friends like where, being with them, even doing the stupidest stuff, like going to CBS or like doing a thing at the Apple store, it's so fun with them. And that's how your partner should be. Like you should literally find it so fun to do just mundane everyday shit with them. Because at the end of the day, life is mainly about going to CVS, right? It's mainly <laughs> about like returning something to the Apple store. It's like, you can't be on a trip to Bali every day. And so for me, I always know that I really like someone if I have a fun time in the car with them, just like driving somewhere. I love that because to your point, if you're looking for somebody to be with for the rest of your life, let's say that's why you're dating because you want to be with somebody, you want to find a you know forever partner. I'm always thinking about what what was that thing that you want to do or that you you still love in 10, 20 years, right? Exactly. And like you said, you can't go to Bali every week. Yeah. So who do you, in fact, the like when you're vomiting, 
Yeah. Right? Like, does he just like, all right, let me know when you're done. Or he's yeah. like, hey, do you want me to hold your hair back? Yeah. Yeah. You really know when you're like having a bad day or when you're sick or whatever. Like I one time was in Tulum with a boyfriend and he was an awful, awful mean boyfriend. And I got wild food poisoning and he just left me there. He just left me in the hotel room all day. I was like, can you please bring me a Gatorade, like find a Gatorade? And he did come back with a Gatorade, but like eight hours later, he was like, oh yeah, I went to the cenotes and like I had a day and I was like crying, like literally just like so sick. And I was like, this guy does not like me. And then I've also had boyfriends who are like, you know, I've been in my worst shape, like just crying or I don't know, having a meltdown and they like think it's amazing and they're like rushing in to help me. And that's what you really want to look for. Mm, yeah. So if you find someone that rushes in to help mm -hmm. you and stuff and you feel like, oh my God, I'm so in love. How do you know where that fine line is like, hey, you're really in love. You want to spend time with them, right? You want to get to know them. You really want to bond with them. And then, uh, or, or you have boyfriend disease. Boyfriend sickness, yes. Okay, so boyfriend sickness is a disease that I discovered. Um, I am sort of like an infectious disease doctor on the side. <laughs> I love how you even rank the symptoms, by the way, in your book. Yeah, so I dabble in that on the side. <laughs> so, like, you know, if you have like a one to three level boyfriend sickness um it's just mild it's just like when you get a new boyfriend you're obsessed with him and like level one boyfriend sickness would be like you just bring him up any chance you get so like you're out with your friends and you're like oh my god you guys we should get the carrots chad loves carrots <laughs> <laughs> or you're like oh my god you watch that show chad and i love that show or whatever like it's boyfriend sickness it's fine we've all done it it's a beautiful it's thing it's like the sneeze it's the sneeze it's so cute like whatever <laughs> but it can get to a point where you, it gets kind of serious because it's like, if you completely stop hanging out with your friends, you start changing your personality, you know, all of a sudden Chad doesn't like when you wear pink and then all of a sudden you don't wear pink anymore, even though it was your favorite color and your friends are like, wait a second, you love wearing pink. You love that pink dress. Why are you changing yourself? And it's like, and I have had that serious of, of boyfriend sickness where I like literally changed my personality to try and keep this guy. And it's like, you shouldn't be changing yourself to try and trap someone or keep them or whatever so it can be really dangerous and it's like you know i believe like even if it is the love of your life and whatever you shouldn't abandon all of your friendships like you shouldn't stop hanging out with your friends and completely like leave them because you're like oh i found him so like i'm done because at the end of the day like i'm an optimist for sure but you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know and like like people get divorced people break up whatever but your friends have been there through with you through thick and thin and you should want to keep them and and hold on to them mm -hmm. so even if you are head over heels in love that's fantastic don't forget about your friends do you mind actually taking me through so people listening they can really start to identify if they're starting to get very sick and not taking the medicine like for you when you were changing yourself yeah i assume it starts slowly it starts slowly and then all of a sudden you're like canceling plans with your friends like just all the time because they're getting mad are you hanging out with your friends yeah because or you just like you're worried that if you leave them alone like you don't want to leave them alone like you think that you have to be around your boyfriend all the time like to maintain the relationship which is obviously like so toxic and unhealthy um you know you 
you don't, you don't like doing the same things that you, you did. Like for me, I like, I stopped working out and I like love working out because he was like, oh, like that's stupid. You don't need to do that. And I was like, but I love going to workout classes with my friends. Like that's, you know, and, and now I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? And I stopped like doing my like girls sushi nights with my friends. Cause I was like, oh, he wants to do this. So we have to do that. And like, or he doesn't like when I wear my hair like this, so I'm going to change it. And it's like, yes, of course, being in a relationship is about compromise, but I'm talking about like one-sided pulls where, you know, or a good way to know is like, if your friends are like, Hey, like, are you okay? We haven't seen you in a while. Or like, we really miss you. Like your friends have your best interest at heart. And sometimes when you're in, in deep, like you feel like your friends are attacking you, but always remember, like your friends want the best for you. They've been your friends for a long time. They're not trying to like keep your boyfriend from you. They are just trying to check that you're okay. In that moment, why do we perceive it as they're trying to hold me back from this relationship? I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's like a really scary moment when you start to think that you start to question your friends motives. It's like, why would your friends ever, or like your family, even sometimes it happens where your, your family's like, Hey, like you, we haven't seen you in a while. Like you're, you feel like you're changing. Like, and you're like, you just are jealous of my relationship. And it's like nine times out of 10, they're not, they're your family. They're your friends. They want you to be happy and good. And I think it's just like defensiveness that comes out. Yeah. Like I think identifying, <clears throat> what, what, do do they love me? Right. Do they care about me? What's their intention? Because right. if you start to think, well, their intention is to hold me back because they hate me and they want me to be miserable. Okay. That's one thing. But if you start to piece apart, oh, okay. They're saying this because they love me. Okay. Well, if they love me, why would they say this? Maybe there's something to it. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you just have to, that's why, I, again, I think it's so important, like even from the beginning, just like always maintain your relationships with your friends and your family, whatever is important to you, like keep that. It doesn't matter if you feel like, oh my God, finally I found him. That's great. But like, you don't have to give up your hobbies. You don't have to give up your friends. You don't have mm -hmm. to give up what doing what you love because any person who's right for you is going to want you. Like, think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Like anyone who loves you is going to want you to have those special friendships, relationships, hobbies, whatever, because they want you to be happy. Mm, I love that. And so in your book, you actually break down like the different types of symptoms. So you've got one yeah. to three. Yeah. Is the your uh, mild, like you're just saying like, oh my God, Chad loves carrots, whatever, whatever. And then in the middle, you know, it's like more serious, like you're canceling on your friends all the time. You don't hang out anymore. And then in the really serious phases, stages, it's like, you are literally like changing who you are mm. because you think that that's what it takes to keep them. Yeah, I've sadly been there. Yeah, I think a lot of us have. Yeah, and I think not beating ourselves up over having gone there is totally. super important. Yeah, as well. it's like again, we we live and we learn. Yeah. So talk to me, live and learning. Talk to me about the heartbreak antidote. So you know, look, if someone could bottle a medicine for heartbreak, they'd be the richest person on the planet. It. Your first heartbreak is like by far the worst. It's so bad. You think you're going to die. You literally can't get out of bed. You feel physically sick. And and it never gets like easier per se. But I think when you've been through one really bad, bad breakup, you kind of do develop these antibodies because you're like, I feel really, really bad. But I've also felt like this before. You know, like I've also had this feeling before. And you kind of are like, wow, I remember this similar notion of thinking like, I'm never going to find anyone else. And like, I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to laugh again. And it's like, and you did, like you did find someone else because you're already in your second breakup or your third or whatever. And it's like, that's beautiful. Like that is really amazing. So I, I don't think the goal 
of dating is to like never get your heart broken. Like that's an unrealistic expectation. We're not put on earth to have like a perfect experience. And I mean, it, look, if you meet the love of your life when you're 15 and you marry him and you live both till 90 and like, that's it. God bless. That is fucking beautiful. But most of us go through heartbreak a few times and that's okay. Like that's more than okay. How have you not got hard girl? Because like you even said earlier, you're such a, like you're an optimist and I think it's so beautiful. What is it? Like what is uh, the things that make up the optimist in you, even when you've been on many dates and had your heart broken so many times? I, I think that like, I love being in love. And to me, every time I now, like when I go through a new breakup, I'm like, obviously I'm sad, but I'm like, the shift is like, I'm so lucky that I got to spend time with that person. And it, just because a relationship ends, I don't believe it was a failure. That's like a big shift that I hope people take away from the book is like, if you learn something and you were happy, like that's a win. You know, a relationship is not a failure because it's over. It's just like a chapter in your life and you were happy and you spent time with someone. So it's kind of like, I would rather, I would rather have fallen in love and had heartbreak for many times than just like wait till I meet my person and like only fall in love once mm. and never have heartbreak. Like, and I, maybe that's controversial, but like, I feel lucky that I've fallen in love several times and, and had to get over it because it's like, that's, it's beautiful. Yeah. As I was thinking, I was like, wow, you love being in love more than you hate a heartbreak. Totally. Yeah. It's like, that's exactly to me, it's like far worth it. And it's even when I'm sad, I'm kind of like, I always tell my community, I'm like, when you're really, really sad over a breakup, it's kind of a beautiful thing because it's like you are experiencing a depth of emotion and like you're only that sad because you were that happy. Like if you were just like mm. this the, your whole life, there's no good without bad. Like every emotion ha has an opposite and equal emotion. So it's like, it's an honor to be able to feel that way. I know a lot of us out there are deep feelers and it can be very intense. I feel very intensely, but it's like, I would take that over feeling numb any day. Cow. Oh my God. I literally could talk to you forever. Your book, The Shift, is chocker block, homie, yeah. with so many wise, important tips. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find the book, The Shift? I am at Tinks on all platforms. I have a radio show, It's Me Tinks Live, and a podcast, It's Me Tinks, and my book, The Shift, is out now.